8.42. And on to our Culture Digest, Shim Suyan is here. A familiar voice on TBS EFM, but first time on this yes, morning. First time here. Thanks so <laughs> nice very much for coming here. in. Thank Great to you. welcome you. And we're going to actually cover, I'm sure, the opportunity in the coming weeks, all sorts of different light stories in the culture world. But unfortunately, the heaviness of K-pop scandals means that, that we start on quite a somber note. We all remember the horrible chat room incidents, the, the young men involved. So and the, horrible. What have the courts here decided to do with one of K-pop's fallen stars, Jung Jun-young? Well, the courts have made their decisions. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Seoul Central District Court has sentenced former singer and TV personality, 30-year-old, very young, Jung Jun-young to six years, and former FT Island member, 29-year-old Choi Jung-hun, to five years in prison each. For, of course, we remember gang raping drunk, unconscious women and filming the assault and distributing the footage. Just no way of uh, reading those uh, crimes without it sounding just horrendous. Uh, they, they got prison sentences then, but is five to six years enough? Well, it sounds pretty short, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it does <laughs> if, if you're talking about gang raping women that have been forcibly made drunk and unconscious. Exactly. And then filming it and sharing the footage doesn't look like remorse, does exactly, it? Exactly, without their consent. I mean, when you think right. about what the young women must have gone through, it's really short and definitely not enough. But especially in Korean standards, it's also very unusual because generally sexual assault cases are settled out of court because, you know, there's a general cultural um, thing for fear of shame and you want to think, keep things quiet. And this is what we were talking about earlier, actually, when we were talking about digital sex crimes, sometimes when footage is just made available oh, or yes. shared. Yes, so easily too. It's, it's very hard then to avoid the, the shame that comes with it. Uh, mm. where, whereas, you know, we need to be pushing that shame onto those who, who are committing the crimes. Exactly. I have two daughters, so this comes very close to my heart. Mm. But, you know, you can only teach your daughters so much to be cautious. You have to teach the boys too. Indeed we do. Um, But was there anything particularly notable about this trial and the case, apart from the celebrity involvement and apart from the fact that the the crime seemed to have been not quite matched with the sentences? Well, um, most of the evidence was found on a phone, a private phone, and in private chat rooms. So, of course, the defense asked the phone evidence to be disregarded because it was taken without consent and the contents were shared in a private manner. But their request was denied, thankfully. And the courts ruled that the public's interest overrules private interest and that entertainers who gained fame and wealth through the public should naturally bear a social responsibility. This is so naive of me, but I I sometimes just can't believe a defense lawyer puts themselves in that position where they take on a case like this and they're having to sincerely argue that uh, this phone evidence should be disregarded. I know, I know. It's their job. So I guess it's you have to understand, but it's very hard to understand. uh, Yeah, but yeah, I mean, at what point is it no longer excusable to say it's my job, Um, (laughs) especially if that had been successful? And when we consider the the lenient sentences, uh, it, it looks like... Like those defense lawyers were doing their job right pretty well, well exactly um, next up we've got music chart hoarding what's that all about and this sounds like an opportunity to get a little lighter <laughs> well um usually hoarding means buying too many things and you know stocking up on on things when they're cheap or 
or buying more than you need. But this is a little different. Um, music chart hoarding means manipulating the music popularity chart numbers, uh, most likely with money. And there's manipulation in many ways, like when fan clubs get into action and do massive clicks and votes and things like that. But this is a little different. But years ago in the pre-digital era, people would go around buying tapes or CDs. <laughs> right. uh, that would skew, you know, if you have a record company with enough clout, they could you do buy that. boxes of it. Right, <laughs> right. right. Um, so there's always manipulation. You can't really avoid it. And, and apparently even with... Uh, One of President Trump's sons, there was a scandal recently <laughs> with book sales. I mean, so the, yes, this of idea of um, manipulating sales of any product to, to manufacture popularity and, and to kind of hope that it snowballs is, is nothing new. But is this a real issue now? Well, um, it's brought, become an issue because on November 24th, boy band Block B member Park Kyung uploaded a tweet accusing certain singers as manipulating the music chart popularity results. And he mentioned six artists by name, which created quite a star. And the six artists were um, sort of considered unknown, well, except for one, but but not as popular as as you would, you know, like Block B. But he has since deleted the tweet, and his agency has announced a public apology. But you know. <laughs> it's already out there. Yeah. And, and of course, just because it's happened in the past is no excuse if you're doing this now. Right, right. Of uh, course. Have they ever managed to catch these middlemen in the act or, or made the charting process more clear in order to, to get rid of it that way? Well, apparently there's always been talks about middlemen taking like two to three hundred million won in exchange for several months at number one spe- place in music charts and so on. Very specific. And there have been some cases where they got close to catching, but it's very difficult to find evidence in this digital age. And there's always new and more clever ways of not getting caught. You know, the only time I pay any attention to music charts these days is when uh, we're talking about it on the radio, like BTS and the Billboard charts mm-hmm. or something. Maybe it's a sign of age. I don't know, but I just don't care. Uh, the music I listen to is, is not, not based on... Well, perhaps it's not current, but even when it is current, it's not because it's number one or exactly. number 10 or yeah. anything. It's just because I like it. Right, right. So, but, but are music charts still very important? And, and does it mean we cannot trust them if there are these scams going on? Well, um, yes and no, because the charts aren't just based on popularity, like on how, how much they're played on TV or anything. But um, it's really based on what people listen to and also sing at karaoke's, norebangs. And one of the big providers of music popularity records is the coin norebang. And these konos, they're called, are places where you put in coins per song, like a music vending machine. They're fairly inexpensive, conveniently located, and their target customers are fairly young. And interestingly, according to data from one major Nodebang company, Kumyong, these konos' number one song from May to August was uh, one name mentioned in Park Kyung's tweet, and a fairly unknown artist, Im Jae-hyun's 사랑의 연습이 있었다면. I've never heard of the song. But, you know, I'm not the most updated. You're not a regular Norebang no, visitor? No, I'm not a Norebang. I actually have I not been to a coin. I thought everyone was. <laughs> right, okay. But anyway, this means three to four million average plays a month and over 100,000 plays on average per day. And two other artists mentioned in the tweet, Song Haye and Hwang Inuk, were also on the top 10 list. You know, if if you were to measure Norebang records as a as a barometer of popularity, that does make sense. But 
it might also reflect songs that are fun or easy to sing as well. Exactly. Exactly. When they interviewed the people who were actually singing those songs, that's exactly what they said. They were um, looking for songs that actually that, that matched their, how they felt at that moment. And yeah. what they were, you know, and they, they could sing well, too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you've got a message here. 3180 says, this kind of rigging really ruins the musician's reputation. And I think companies should pay more attention and try hard to make better music. Mm. Maybe, though... There's the answer even within that message. Mm -hmm. Like companies shouldn't be involved in making better music. They should be helping just to create a landscape in which artists can rise to the fore, right? Right, that's true. Yes. But again, find myself feeling a bit naive saying so because it's just not the way it works. (laughs) Um, But but popularity and uh, and actual money are also different things. I mean, even if... uh, Even if you are having a record company go out manipulating in whatever way it can by spending money, it's not actually making money necessarily that way. Exactly. Might even be losing money. Right. And, and you know, even from like um, um, singing contests, the, the number one um, winner isn't always the most popular in the long run. So you just never know what will go well with the public either. Now, in our culture roundup um, that we've been doing now for a few months, we always finish with some events to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And so it's time to find out about what we have upcoming. Well, with the cold weather, three events for indoor activities. Um, the first one, the Independence Hall of Korea has named Yun Bong-gil as the Independent Activist for December and will be presenting a special exhibition in his honor. And Yoon was born in 1908 and was a prominent Korean independent activist who set off a bomb that killed several Japanese dignitaries in Shanghai in 1932. And he was posthumously awarded the Republic of Korea Medal of Order of Merit for National Foundation in 1962. The exhibition will be presenting photos and more. And the Independence Hall of Korea is in Chungcheongnam-do c h e o n a n s i and is closed on Mondays. The next one is the Lighting Museum in Gyeonggi-do Yangju-si, and they will be presenting an exhibition called A Cold and Warm Winter Story Based on the Snow Queen from now to 2020, February 2nd. The show is consisted of nine themed spaces providing various experiences, including hands-on activities, performances, and exhibitions where you can be part of the fairy tale. And as we know, the Snow Queen was first published in December 21st, 1844, by the Danish writer Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, well, famously known today as Frozen. Exactly. (laughs) It's an easier way to say it, right? And now Frozen (laughs) 2. Right, (laughs) yes. Do you have daughters? I do. Well, I have sons as well. Uh, My youngest son and my youngest daughter loved Frozen 1 and loved Frozen 2. And in fact, um, Frozen 1 was released at exactly the right time for my youngest son because he was probably about, like, two or three when it was released and <laughs> and and he watched it i think every day oh yes every yes. day at mm. least once and they, they call the movie let it go <laughs> <laughs> they don't even call it frozen right. i want to watch let it go <laughs> well my daughters were all grown up when frozen came out and mm. they still loved it i think they watched it a couple of times too <laughs> um oh finally yeah got um, one more 
The National Museum of Modern Contemporary Art, MMCA, will have a special exhibition of Korean video art from the 70s to the 90s. The show will be introducing more than 130 works by 60-some artists, and this is not a show of, just a show of technology. It shows history and backgrounds, people's voices, and experiments. And the exhibit is at the MMCA g w a c h o n Galleries till 2020, May 31st. Admission is 2001, and the museum is closed on Mondays. Thank you very much for drawing our attention to some of those events that are upcoming. Uh, But we also want to get back to this message. 5720 says, where's the investigation into Sungni heading? Uh Wasn't he also facing a number of charges together with Jung Jun-young and... Che Jong-hoon, um, I believe you have the answer to that. Yes, yes. Well, well we know that we actually found all the uh, Jung Jun-young in the chat rooms through Seung-hee's um, investigation. And he was in the group chat together, but wasn't handed down any penalty as he has been transferred to the prosecution while the court has dismissed arrest uh, warrant requests. And he's um, saying that he's, there's no rec- risk of him destroying evidence. He's also been summoned for... more than 10 times by the police over a number of other allegations, including soliciting prostitution, embezzlement in relation to the Burning Sun scandal, but the investigation hasn't been picking up speed. Right. I, I get a bit tired of uh, that excuse being given, no risk of destroying evidence. We hear it all the time uh, with, with public figures. a r e t all the time? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, whether the evidence is or isn't destroyed, the question surely should be, how much of a threat does this person pose to the public if they are guilty of the crime? I know we have innocent until proven guilty, but during the uh, prosecution process, at least, uh, if there's a possibility that person is, say, a sex offender, you exactly. would think that uh, the question of destroying evidence is kind of irrelevant, and right. it's uh, what sort of threat does this person pose exactly I, um, i agree completely well thank you very much for being with us for our culture digest today it's been a pleasure having you oh it was great thank you for having me uh, shim s u y u n there and that is our program for today we'll be back tomorrow at 7am with our producer christina so our writers che kyung mi im young ju and kim hae su stay with us on the way next life abroad with na s u n g y u n g